0: whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead.
1: Halo, hello everybody. Welcome back to another Sacred Saturday here at the Sacred Icon Podcast. I'm back again, here with my good buddy, my pal, my friend Brian, to do a fun uh, episode. You know, we've been, we, we were kind of talking about earlier in the week, you know, and we were like, you know, let's do that. And uh, that's what we decided on. But Brian, what is it, buddy? What are we doing today? You just reminded me of Purd
0: Happily from Parks and Rec because he's like, I am here to talk to someone with my mouth. You're like, oh, dude, I <laughs> love <laughs> just, Perd. You're like, we decided to do an episode we liked, and now we're going to do it. What is it, Brian? Um, <laughs> we're going to do uh, my top 50 games, um, which, you know, I said to Josh that we could, we could both do our top 50. But he's like, no, nah, man, you, you go ahead and take the spotlight on this one. Uh, it'll be quicker. And Josh also did his top 50 in the patron. So uh, that's there.
1: But we're going to do my top 50. No. Um, I know that's like a huge, a huge get. You know, our patron numbers are going to go up now. Oh, yeah. That's on there. (laughs) I can't remember. Was that the $5, I think, for your year. I think so, yeah. I think it's in the $5 tier.
0: But, but yeah, so I think most people who keep any kind of list of their favorite things, you can agree that it's usually a little fluid. It never stays the same. But I've been working on mine for many years, so my list is probably solid enough that probably at least 40 of these 50 titles never leave the list, so... Uh, if you, if you go, I think if, I think if you go back way early, early Sacred Icon days, I did a list and if you went back and listened to it, you'd find most of these titles still there, but things have moved, things have been added and things have been removed.
1: Um, but, uh, well, yeah, it might pretty... be a fun little, little listen to, like listen to this one and then go listen yeah. back to that. See what's yeah.
0: different. But yeah, most, mm-hmm. most of the things would be the same probably, but I figure, figure most people probably either haven't listened to that episode or they did so long ago. This is fresh. Um, but yeah, so we're going to start at 50 at the very bottom of my top fifty personal games of all time, um, and we're gonna go an hour, and where we leave off there, that'll be part one, and then we'll come back for the rest. We're not gonna be able to get through all fifty today. I'm guessing we'll get ten or more in an hour's time. We will uh, see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, It's I gonna suck if we get like three. I'm be like, damn, you know. But I don't think so. Damn. So, um, and damn, this is like, John,
1: where'd you find this?
0: You know uh, Josh and I do objective and subjective. This is all subjective. There's nothing objective about this. It's just how I feel, top 50. Sometimes we do like the one per franchise thing. That doesn't apply here. I have multiple games from the same franchise. Which I love. I love. This is just a super subjective thing. So uh, starting at number 50, Josh, the one that barely makes the list, it's my top 50 games, is
1: Doom 3. Have you played it? Have you played it? No, I still haven't played that one, but... uh... To preface, guys, Brian told me I, – I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you told me the other day when we were talking about like, making plans for this episode that you – the 50 spot was going to be a little tough to figure out. You still had to kind of figure out that one because it was a little interchangeable,
0: right? Yes, and actually, for my OCD purposes, uh, to make – this is so – I don't know. I think some people out there are listening and will understand the OCD. Other people mm-hmm. will be like, Brian, you're weird. Um, but like – to make my list seem more strong, I guess uh, Doom Three is actually not that fifty spot game that I was fluid on. Uh, I put my forty nine in front of it for some kind of weird reason.
1: Oh, so. okay. Forty okay.
0: nine is the one that was fluid, but uh, oh. yeah, but Doom, so we'll
1: co- Doom Three is number fifty. right?
0: number fifty, but yeah, I mean it was it was there before number forty nine. I don't know. I'm just weird like that. But well, dude, that game uh, was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I don't. No, mean. I'd say Doom Three is. A game that is criticized more than anything as the the black sheep of the series Um, it's it's usually the least liked Doom because while Doom is predominantly about having carrying a bazillion guns and mowing down hundreds of enemies on screen at the same time in fast-paced action Uh, Doom 3 is story heavy well okay actually let me take that back story heavy implies it has some really great story and characters that's not true but it's very evident that Doom 3 was looking at Half-Life. They made it more like um, you know, story-driven, atmospheric. It's a horror game. You do still carry a bunch of guns and shoot demons, but most of the time you're shooting one demon on screen, maybe two, a couple extreme situations, maybe maybe more than that, but you're usually not fighting many at once, and it's, it's mostly about jump scares and what's going on in the plot and how dark the room is and it's it's horror-esque but the thing is despite it being so different and not really playing to the roots of doom it's actually an extremely good game on it in its own right um and i actually think I, I don't know why but i think if josh when josh eventually plays doom 3
1: i could see that being your favorite doom i think it's i think it will yeah. it's got the id tech software and that's like my favorite engine ever or whatever you want to call it uh, yeah. i love those graphics so much I I remember seeing Doom Three advertised a lot back in the day. Um, That was a hugely popular game from like my little bubble at the time, and and uh, I still see people. My Little Pony. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I still see people talk about it to to this day. But um, yeah, I know it is the black sheep now. But um, I wouldn't have I would have been none the wiser back uh, around the time when it was new. It looked beautiful. I just wasn't into. Ah, uh, the game at the time, but that is a great white buffalo game for me for sure. Like if I was doing top five, maybe top ten, it'd be in there of yeah. games. I just I've always been meaning to play and just haven't got to. But it looks awesome.
0: And when you play it, I'm I guess you'll play. I'm guessing you'll play the version I play, which the version I play is the version people say is not the right version, it's not the true version, but uh, you the the original Doom three you carried a flashlight as one of your weapons, and whenever you had the flashlight out, you could not use a weapon. So the whole thing okay. was you to go around with the flashlight, enemy jumps out, scares you up to death, and you've to switch to a weapon. Well, the, the more the more contemporary version that got you know upgrades and stuff and visual upgrades, mm. that is called the BFG Edition, which actually, the Doom 3 that released for Xbox One and PS4 it doesn't even say BFG edition anymore. They just replaced. But it is the that original. one. Yeah, okay. It is that one where you have now all your guns have a mounted flashlight, so you can oh. shoot and see at the same time. Seems like a quality of life improvement. I love it, but it does change the, how the game plays a bit because you know there's no you know weapon swapping. You know you're you can't you either have your weapon out and can't see, or you have the flashlight out and end up probably getting hit before you switch. So oh. it, it was different. Like Creighton,
1: my brother, he he only wants to play the version, the original version. <laughs> that sounds like a Creighton thing, but I respect absolutely. that. Yeah, Dude, absolutely. Would you, if, if people didn't like Doom 3, would you say what would you say is more rock bottom for the Doom series? Was it Doom 3 or the Doom movie? Oh, well, it's the Doom movie, because the Doom movie was actually... I mean, the
0: Doom movie was a direct response to Doom 3, the game. Like Doom's big comeback moment was Doom 3, because it had been just the 2D games right. that were so popular, and then... Uh, they had and then Doom Three came out in two thousand four and it was this big return to form. I think they wanted it to be way bigger than it was. It was a successful game, but it but they but yeah, but then it inspired like a rock led movie in the Doom movie, and the Doom movie even features some of the exact same designs pulled from the game, Doom Three okay. specifically. Still love that
1: um, first person sequence. I
0: love I love the Doom movie, all actually the whole movie, and it's it's not good, but I love it. So
1: Oh, that's, that's definitely fair. <laughs> definitely
0: yeah. fair. And I love the first person scene too. That's well,
1: just just say this real quick before we move on. Uh, but man, yeah, kind of since there was a gap in time between three and the previous one, it almost just kind of you know nowadays that's like we get a reboot. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, but they they're like, oh, we're gonna come out with a third one. That's probably why it didn't land as well. Yeah, and, and it's really back. not. Doom
0: three doesn't feel like Doom three for several reasons. One, uh, you don't play as the same character from Doom one and Doom two. Uh, second of all. Doom 64, which came out years prior, mm. is actually a direct third entry of After Doom 1 and Doom 2 with the same character. Uh-huh. So it really just... The thing is, though, Doom 3 wasn't... Or I'm sorry, Doom 64 wasn't made by id, but it was helped in production by John Carmack. So
1: oh, it kind of was Doom
0: 3. So it's just strange. Didn't
1: When Doom Eternal came out, didn't you play... If you got the deluxe edition, it came with a digital copy of... Uh, Doom 64. And didn't you play that first before Doom Eternal? I did. And that's another
0: thing that's cool about it is with the new Doom games, Doom 2016, Doom Eternal, they went back and like further canonized everything. So Doom, Doom Eternal and Doom 2016, they're picking up from Doom 64. Doom 64 is canonized the third entry with like oh, that's cool. the same guy. But the guy you play as in Doom 3,
1: has no relation to the same Doom guy for the rest of the game. So you can see why it's a black sheep. I don't even, I have nothing against the other Dooms, but that's always, Doom 3 is the one I want to play the most. It could be that id tech software though, but, uh, or the, the. Well, you played Quake
0: 4 and it feels just like that yes. game as far yeah. as aesthetics and stuff. Yeah, so.
1: Quake 4. But, oh, uh, Brian, I, I don't want to get ahead, but if by chance, you don't have to answer this if you have one of these games in your list, uh, but if you have, uh, Doom Eternal, where does that sit for you? I, uh, we haven't really talked about that game uh, since it came we'll out. We'll probably get to it in this episode. It's oh, okay. okay. Every every single Doom game is in this list. Oh, okay.
0: So, yeah, I don't want to get ahead then, yeah.
1: but yeah. Um, That's a good choice, okay. though, Doom 3. Nice. Thanks,
0: man. Uh, so for, for 49, on. this is this is the one that was, I wasn't, so I had like my solid list of 49 games and I couldn't tell it was going to be the 50 spot. I decided to add this game on the list. If you go back to my original 50 list, not only was this game already there, but it was in the top 25, so it's kind of Ooh. crazy that I am I was struggling to put it on here, and I'll explain what, why. What game has fallen back? Number 49 is the original Resident Evil 4. The original. Oh, okay. Um, now, when we made the first list, back when Sacred Icon started, I had just played Resident Evil 4 for the first time a few months prior and it was so hot on my mind. recently so, right? I was so impressed by it. I was like, wow, this is one of the best games ever. And I had it really high on my list. And then as the years went on, I didn't play it again. And I, went, I ended up playing Resident Evil 2 Remake. I played Resident Evil 3 Remake. I played Resident Evil 7. And I didn't enjoy 2, 3, or 7 anywhere near as much as 4. Mm. And it had been some years. So I started to think... Because I love, I do love the Resident Evil franchise. Actually, I played one also. I played Resident Evil One after it as well. But one and two and three and seven did not grip me anywhere near as much as four. So I started to think, Am I that big of a Resident Evil fan? Like, you know, none of these grip me that much, Mm -hmm. and I haven't played four in years. And then the four remake came out, which me and Erica are playing through now. And I'm playing four remake, and I got the same feeling again. I was playing four remake. I'm like, this is a great game. This is a great remake. But it's just not gripping me. So I thought, you know, maybe maybe Resident Evil 4 I was a fluke. You know maybe maybe I, it was a fluke that I liked it so much. So now in the downtime when Erica can't play with me, I restarted playing Resident Evil 4 OG, the original version, and I freaking love it. I freaking love it, okay? And I'm like, okay, it's clear to me now, I did love Resident Evil 4 a ton when I played it, and it is on my list. But it's just the OG version and it's only that Resident Evil. Like none of the other Resident Evil's, even the remake, hit the same spot. It's just not the same at all to me. So
1: well, I get it. I mean, that's kind of the thing with remakes and some of the other games. It's like I don't like Kotor two anywhere near as much as I like KOTOR one. Like Kotor yeah. one, I always go back and try to replay KOTOR two. While I do enjoy it, I don't I don't boot that game up, you know. Yeah. I don't own it on Switch like I own the first one. And stuff like that. So um I get that, man. But you know it's funny, um, one of my other friends, that's like his favorite game of all time. I still I haven't talked to him in a while, so I'm assuming he's flying high playing the remake. But um, that's another game that I always just like saw advertised, but I didn't have a Nintendo, so I was like, and I think didn't it originally come out on the GameCube exclusive? GameCube exclusive, yeah. And I just I wasn't super interested in it anyway at the time. I wasn't a Resident Evil guy, but um, yeah, that's what's so a weird Buffalo. Like, go ahead, go ahead.
0: People, uh, it came out on the GameCube as a GameCube exclusive. And then when it came out on PS2 later, they had to downgrade it cuz the PS2 doesn't have as good of hardware as the GameCube. Something people don't realize. Really? I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, it doesn't huh. it does not play as as, as well on the PS2. It doesn't have as high of resolution. Uh, wow. Game, GameCube GameCube was almost as powerful as the Xbox, but the the disc couldn't fit as much
1: space cuz they made them tiny. It was just weird. Oh, wow, that's um, I didn't yeah, I had no idea. How long is that game, the original roughly? Uh
0: about 15 hours.
1: About 15, okay.
0: But the thing is like the The biggest, so Resident Evil 4 came out and it was immediately one of the best games of all time by right. most people's standards. But there was a not insignificant amount of the Resident Evil audience who said, this isn't a Resident Evil game. It's not scary. It's not dark. The controls are different. It's third person, all this stuff. Um, and it's very action heavy where like the prior Resident Evils had been like, you know, go in this room, find a puzzle piece, kill one guy, who, you know, pops out of nowhere. And uh, so Resident Evil 4 Remake, aims to make it feel like a more traditional Resident Evil. The whole game is very dark, more mature, less campy, more horror-esque. And while that's great, and that probably made fans a lot happier, for me, the original is such a special game. The original Resident Evil 4, Josh, you've seen the Resident Evil movies, haven't you?
1: Mm-hmm. Unfortunately.
0: It, it, well, it, that's the sad thing, right? So it's a great game, but the Resident Evil 4 kind of channels those movies a little bit. The whole game is so freaking campy. Not only do you have Leon saying like one-liners that are ridiculous you have now i'm not saying this is a positive but i'm just trying to set the <laughs> stage for 2004 but you have like kind of over sexualized ashley the president's daughter like
1: oh not, gotcha.
0: not, not over sexualized in the sense that she's like busty or, or nude or something like that but they kind of make her like the dumb blonde who's hot
1: oh damsel in distress type of thing damsel or something in distress. I gotcha. and like i
0: got gotcha. you i i i uh i never did this but apparently you can Look up her skirt and see underwear in the original, which is removed in the new if one. If there's
1: a way to do that stuff, someone's going to find it out. Exactly, Jeez. it's Jeez.
0: it's a it's it's a 2004 game. But anyways, what I'm trying to paint the picture here of is like, so you had like the that 2004 like representation of damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. You have super cheesy, corny one-liners, and then the whole game, Leon has a codec system which, like, the way, like, you talk to characters is the codec system will come out, and it looks ba- it basically looks like what we're recording on right now, Josh. Two screens come up. Yeah. And it'll be Leon on one side, and then the other side, it's either his, his like, uh, agent he reports back to, or the villains would even contact him over his codec, which would add... Like is what some here, solid stuff. It added to the campiness, because, like, suddenly you get a ring, and it'd go up, and there'd be a codec, and it'd be, like, Leon, and they'd be the villain of the game, and the villain's, like... Ha huh, ha, huh, I will defeat you and steal your woman. And he'd be like...
1: <laughs> Was he mustache twirling villain? Yeah, mustache twirling. Yeah. <laughs> and then Leon would
0: be like, You're not tall enough to reach over the counter, you little piece of shit. And it would be like so campy and silly, and I loved it. In, yeah. the, in, the, in the new one, they
1: removed those. They're gone.
0: There's no... Wow, comeback. none of the
1: interchange or anything like none
0: that? None of that, no. none of the campiness. Of, and, and Ashley is way better like, as a character in the new one, mm-hmm. but... um. It's hard to it's hard to say without seeming like you're, you're you're giving the wrong message, but like Ashley's just another element where the game has been made so serious and so like contemporary. she's got a different tone
1: to her character and nature. Yeah,
0: that yeah. I just kind of I just love the corniness of the original and it, the mood, the whole atmosphere of the game is completely different in the original.
1: So yeah. it's the original for me. I, I see where you're coming from. I like, we were talking about that the other day about Kotor, and I think I would, you know no matter how amazing that remake, if it ever comes out, could be like, I'm going to miss just how the graphics look, the charm that the original version has. That's Uh, something you can't replace. Yeah. Even like
0: Halo 2 Anniversary, like to me, it's like a pretty much a perfect reimagining of those graphics. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I just got to go back to the old ones, you know, because it's not. Yeah.
1: Dude, it's weird. There was a gap in time between three and four, if I'm not mistaken, similar to like the Doom, the Doom three and it's in 64 or whatever their predecessor was. But like, I remember ne- like number three, Nemesis, still being on the PS1, and then four hits that next gen jump. And at the time, I still don't remember four like games getting a fourth entry without the the title being changed and stuff like that. You know, yeah. or getting a reboot or something. So like well, that was when a, they
0: first pitched it for some reason. They they stylized it as
1: Four Resident Evil. Four came before the words. What's the one that looks like a giraffe getting a blowjob? That's Resident Evil Six, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Because it's got the yeah. What a terrible game! By <laughs> I've I never played a little played bit it, of that one. <laughs> I played five in co-op and beat it, and that was a blast. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a yeah, But that's a uh, that's a good pick, though. At least you got it in there, even though it sunk way back to forty nine. Yeah, for now
0: it's 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 back there, but it, uh, it, it. I don't know. I'm replaying it right now alongside playing the new one, so we could we'll see. Um, but anyways, uh, forty eight is the original, very first Diablo. Um, this is a game that. Most people don't really talk about even Diablo fans, mostly it just starts for them at Diablo 2. Uh, but the original Diablo, I remember when me and my brother were little kids and we had our first family computer. My aunt loaned us one of those. You Remember, like everyone used to have their own CD binders with pages and you had oh, one yeah. of CDs in there sure. back before yeah. digital. I still have one of those in my car, right? Yeah, she uh, she loaned us her computer games, uh. Like She had a big case oh, cool. of computer games. and sure. Some games would run on our computer, some wouldn't, and one of the games in there was the original Diablo, and what was so silly is, because we're kids and kids do dumb shit, is when me and Creighton would play Diablo, we would take we'd go to the computer desk, we'd take the computer chair out, we'd lay a blanket underneath the computer desk, and we'd lay on the floor with the mouse on the floor... And we just lay on the floor and look up at the screen and play with the mouse only, not use the keyboard, <laughs> yeah. to just play Diablo. And uh, Diablo 1, um, it didn't make the same splash that Diablo 2 did, but it pretty much kicked off what the action RPG looks like and set the stage for Diablo 2 to become a behemoth. Uh, but Diablo, it's pretty simple. Uh, the whole game, you start in, you start in a town called Tristram, and you can choose from a warrior, a sorcerer, or a rogue. And you pick your class and skimming through off.
1: gameplay now. This looks kinda cool.
0: Yeah, it's super old school, dude. Uh, it was supposed to be it's supposed to be turn based, but they made them change it into action in the middle of development. Um and you go to this chapel and you go down like sixteen floors of this chapel until you get to Diablo and you kill him. That's the whole game. It's like Oh, there's actually a boss in there called Diablo. Yeah, Diablo Yeah, so usually cool. the really cool. But- you didn't know that? Is usually no. the main boss. Yeah, Diablo one, two. I'm so out
1: of the loop on Diablo that when you when you brought that game up, uh, I immediately thought of Diablo sauce at Taco Bell. So that was my first thought. So. Uh, okay.
0: Well, yeah, Diablo is just like <laughs> just Diablo is just like Spanish for like the devil.
1: Yeah, but I'm just surprised they actually have a boss that's called that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, it's not like yeah. you play Doom. You know, and you get to the end and there's a boss called Doom or something. So that's that's pretty neat. True. True. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty simplistic. an isometric view, view, like the uh, original Baldur's Gate games too, which yep. looks pretty cool. So even though I'm sure it's different, but
0: Baldur's Gate was was it turn based? Uh, yeah, no? not really. Not okay. really. Okay, yeah. okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty simplistic game. But the cool thing is that's kind of unexpected for the '90s. Is the way the story ends is when you get to the bottom and you finally kill Diablo. Uh, like in the lore of Diablo, there's a soul stone that holds Diablo's soul. So even if you kill Diablo, he can still come back because his soul stone is there. So at the end of Diablo 1, your character shoves the stone into his own head to try to protect the the soul of Diablo, to try to keep the soul of Diablo from escaping. So when you start Diablo 2, the whole narrative is you're following behind the Dark Wanderer. And in Diablo 2, the Dark Wanderer is your character from the first game who is slowly being
1: possessed into Diablo reincarnated. So. That's actually cool. Does it like uh, have save data that can like have your character look the same way? Or do they just use some... No, the, of- the way
0: they did it is they canonized it as... So like I said, you could play as the warrior or the sorcerer or the rogue. They mm-hmm. canonized it so that your char- the character who takes the stone in his head is the warrior from the first game. Oh, okay. And then they actually have two little characters, side characters in Diablo 2 that are the sorcerer and the rogue that you could play as corrupted as well. So all of the characters you could play as in Diablo 1 end up getting corrupted by Diablo and his minions. That's still pretty cool, especially for that
1: time. Yeah, For that
0: time, yeah, for, that time, cool. yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, 47, this is a game that I've talked about before, and I actually had a ACDC Outlaw, outre- he reached out to me after I brought this game up before, and he was like, you should really give it another try. It's a great game. And I'm like, dude, I think it's a great game, and I've played it several times. Mm-hmm. Like, There's not really anything left for me to give it another try. I love the game, but it's just got problems for me. That is Batman, Arkham Knight, Arkham Knight. Ah, okay. Uh, so it's, that one's it's still on the, in
1: the top fifty. Okay. Yeah,
0: it's it's a great game that I love. It's just like to me, it's clearly clearly the weakest of all the Arkham games, and uh, basically that's for the reasons you know most of you have probably heard. Uh, they made a perfect Batmobile, flawless execution of of calling and driving the Batmobile. You can like launch yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. You know you can drive all over town, slide around. It's, it's awesome. But the problem is, they they made it uh, part of puzzles, and they made it part of combat, where you can turn the Batmobile into a tank, which you use to shoot enemies, and you shoot them with, like, these giant cannon bullets that are non-lethal bullets because Batman can't kill them. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> um, but basically, all the combat sections with the Batmobile aren't fun, yeah. most of the puzzle sections with the batmobile aren't fun and then every single boss proper pretty much every single proper boss battle in the game takes place in the batmobile and it's not fun either so they ended up creating a perfect batmobile but they took it too far they they gave it elements it didn't need and they incorporated it into almost everything in the game yeah. and it really drags the experience down but the actual story, the world... It's one of the most beautiful-looking games today, and it is now eight years old. Um, but the story, the characters, the combat, having an open-world Batman game where you can jump off Wayne Tower and glide across the city, call in your Batmobile whenever you want. They, get, they brought in characters that hadn't really been there proper before, like Lucius Fox. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, the, what they did with the Joker, even though he died in Arkham City... Uh, was awesome. Uh, the game is is it's 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 easy to see why someone would play Batman Arkham Knight and walk away thinking it's a ten ten experience. Would you
1: say yeah. that game has an identity crisis in terms of like what yeah. it's trying to be? It's kind of two different types of a game.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair because like, well, first of all, it's the first truly open world Batman where well, the other ones weren't. They were more like Metroidvania. So you have to right. go in open world. Then they completely changed the quest structure. Like, side missions in the Arkham games that you played, Josh, were usually like, oh, um, you ran into, I don't know if you remember, Josh, like you'd run into, like, Bane, or Ezrael yeah, or yeah. Robin, and they'd be like, oh, go do this thing real quick for me. And you go run right. around the city and there'd be a thing. Or there'd be Riddler trophies. Well, in Arkham Knight, PTSD they made it... from Arkham City. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, in Arkham Knight, they made it uh, more simplistic. It'd basically be like, here is your Nightwing missions. There's five of them. Here is your Penguin missions. There is five of them. Oh. Here is your Two Face missions. There is five of no them. No interactions with the actual characters, or there, there like there, there, there is, but it's basically just like go here and start one of five missions with this character. It was very like oh. mainstreamed in that way. Uh, there's so there's that, and then there's like the Batmobile, which while the Batmobile is awesome when you're using it, it doesn't feel like the prior Arkham experiences and because of the open world nature and the Batmobile inclusion they've more or less removed all of those kind of indoor Batman sequences from Arkham Asylum and Arkham City and Arkham Origins There's you don't really go indoors much and if you do go indoors it doesn't really play out in that kind of like almost dungeon why temple. is it the
1: third game in a series always has to try to like reinvent the status quo of what it's like established itself as like it change, yeah, try, man, tries to change the identity so many third entries in a franchise always seem to try to reinvent the wheel i have a for you guys that haven't uh that don't know like i've i've played all the arkham games aside from that one and i i haven't got to that and uh it's not out of like spite or like anything like that but uh i've heard pretty much the same thing uh that brian's just said from like everybody you know it's like everyone there's two halves of a game and there's like one half where you're doing batman stuff physically in the bat suit and then there's the other half that is essentially driving around with the Batmobile, and I just, you know, I don't, I don't want. That's never looked fun to me, and uh, I'm sure if I played it, I would enjoy it more, like than just judging it from afar, I guess. But uh, that doesn't really excite me. Uh, like I've always kind of wanted to play it, but at this point, I just don't think I'm going to. It was like two years ago I played through. I was in a Batman mood, like peak Batman Renaissance. Played two Bat, uh, the two Telltale games. And then I went into Arkham Asylum and played through all of that, like 100%. And then I went into Arkham City, and all I had left was a couple side quests and, and finishing up Riddler trophies. And I think I just hit burnout. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that was the closest I've ever got to really yeah. going into Arkham Knight, but I, I just, I don't know. The game looks, every time I see gameplay, it still looks like one of the most beautiful looking yep. games I've ever seen still. But that's not enough for me.
0: Even even the Riddler trophies, a lot of them re- revolve around driving or shooting the Batmobile, using yeah. Batmobile stuff. I just don't think that... I'm not, like, hating on it. I just don't think that would be fun for me. And you don't get the final cutscene of the game unless you get all the Riddler trophies, and they're way worse than Arkham City. Yeah. Way worse. So, And the thing is, it's, it's like this... Every...
1: Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Oh well, look at us being polite again. Uh, there was that uh, discussion about who the Arkham Knight was, and then yeah, you know the reveal comes out, and everyone's like, "Are you kidding me?" Like it's that. Well,
0: yeah, because everyone guessed the reveal the the second they announced the Arkham Knight, everyone went, "It's this guy, right?" And, the, and then Rocket you can City spoil went, no. it. I
1: think it's been long, and it's been like going.
0: okay, it's Jason Todd. Everyone went, "Is there, is the Arkham Knight Jason Todd?" And they go, "No." That's like the first time they reveal Arkham Knight, they go, "No, it's Jason Todd. That's who it is." Um, which and they said that they created an entirely new character, which was a half lie, because the Arkham Knight as a persona is a new character they created, but who who that is underneath is Jason Todd with the same backstory as the comics, the same character. Yeah. So, uh, so it's just disappointing in several different ways. But the thing is, every time I replay Arkham Knight, this happens every time. Every time I replay it, I start it up and the presentation and the graphics are are off the scale, and I and I drive the Batmobile for the first time and I'm like, oh my gosh, this feels amazing. I see cutscenes, I fight dudes. And in like, the first hour, I'm like, have I misunderstood this game? Is this actually the best Arkham game? And then I get not even halfway through the game, and I'm like, oh, no. No, 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 no. This is the worst one, for sure. It always happens. But it's still a great game. I would give it an 8 pushing a 9 out of 10 still. Okay, I was going to say,
1: yeah, it's in your favorites list for a reason then. So
0: Yeah, it's it. I mean, I would not want to give that game up. I love it. But and huh? if, they had, if Arkham Knight was the first Rocksteady game, you probably could have alleviated a lot of these issues because... The bar that was set by the prior games, without the influence of the Batmobile and 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 uh, you know not having indoor environments and stuff, kind of sets it up to be a disappointment in some ways.
1: Brian, if you had to get rid of Batman: Arkham Origins or Arkham Knight, and you could never like you could keep one and replay it as many times as you would like for the rest of your life, but the other one you had to do away with, you can keep the memory of, but you can never play it again. Uh, which one do you keep? Which one do you get rid of? I would get rid
0: of night, okay. Because the next game on my list is Origins. Ah, what number
1: is it? <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Forty-six. Damn. Forty-six. Yeah. Forty-six. We need like an angry Joe, like number ten. Yeah, right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah <laughs> exactly. Uh, what Arkham Origins. About. Okay, man. That's that's great.
0: Yeah, uh, Arkham Origins was the spinoff prequel title that. Well, yeah, I guess you call it spinoff spinoff prequel title that was done by WB Montreal. Uh, between Rocksteady doing Arkham City and Arkham Knight. Interesting thing is, this game ends with the setup for the Suicide Squad video game, which... Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was originally... So this is is really convoluted. Follow me here. So 2013, WB Montreal, their first game ever, Mm -hmm. Arkham Origins, ends with the setup for Suicide Squad. WB Montreal was supposed to make a Suicide Squad game to follow up the teaser at the end of Arkham Origins. They start, they stop. They start, they stop. They end up not doing it. They end up going on to make Gotham Knights, which turned out not that great. And also, if you think about it, Gotham Knights came out what almost a decade. So they, they did like it took them a decade between Origins and, and Gotham Knights and Gotham Knights.
1: One of them out. weren't they working on a Superman game and then I think it got re- reworked into Suicide Squad? Yeah.
0: And then the Suicide Squad that game that was intended to be made is now being made by Rocksteady. To follow up that cutscene from the end of Origins, which still hasn't come out, and for most people doesn't look that good either. So, Arkham Origins was really, like, I, I did not realize it at all, but in 2013, I was, that was kind of the high note, the final high note was Origins, because Arkham Knight was going to be a little disappointing for me. Don't care about Gotham Knights, don't care about Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, but uh, Arkham Origins... It basically reused Arkham City's, a lot of Arkham City's assets, but it changed the art style, which is interesting. I hear a lot of Batman fans say that the art style from Origins is their favorite. It's the one that looks most comic booky. y um, so it changes the art style. It changes the voice actor for both Batman and Joker, but they're really good performances, especially um, Troy Baker's Joker, amazing Joker for not being Mark Hamill. Uh, the story is great. It's funny. Because the game's called Arkham Origins, which Origins is like one of the most plain-Jane titles you can add on to a game. And then the Joker was going to be in it again. And then the whole, the whole premise of the game is Black Mask has put out a hit on Batman right before Christmas. And all the hitmen are after him. To me, that did not sound like an, an interesting plot. It's called Origins, Joker's back again, and uh, the Black Mask and Christmas. I thought, no. But it's actually an amazing origin story. You get to see how Batman and Joker first interact. Uh, it's got great gameplay, great. St- it's got the best boss
1: battles of any Batman game ever made of all time. Oh, dude, I was, that's what I was gonna say. I love Arkham Origins. That's probably that's probably my fa- well second favorite in the series. And dude, that game's phenomenal for the boss fights. The Killer Croc boss fight I remember loved. Deadshot was amazing. Yeah. Um, oh a a really good one too. Yeah, that that made it so like some of the best boss fights I've ever had just in my personal experience and the story like especially like when Bane breaks you know he finds out who you are and everything yeah. and breaks in and everything at near the end I was like the story was like it was my favorite story and because that story to me was so top tier I didn't give a darn at all that it was like copy and paste Arkham City yeah you know it didn't bother me it didn't bother me because the narrative was so good and that's what I was playing for it plus the combat just great one-two combo yeah
0: yeah, it was awesome. They had some nice little combat additions like and some people didn't like it, but they had the you could get the electrocutioner gloves. So eventually Batman gets these gloves that have electric mm-hmm. punches and chaining those together was fun and uh you get I mean there's cool interactions with Penguin and Bane and Joker. Uh, you know, like, like Josh a Deadshot shows up, anarchy shows up. It's it's a great game. It's
1: Yeah.
0: It's awesome. I mean, well, it got did it that got come shit on was it. Was that like much. 2013? 2012
1: okay dude, that's actually. weird remember that time it was like in the three late 360 era PS3 era and it's like we got Arkham Origins we got Gears of War Judgment we got Halo yeah. Reach Like everyone was doing prequels I don't know yeah. no, they, they were now just biding
0: their time till new hardware I guess yeah. but one thing I was going to mention as you mentioned Gears of War I want to go back real quick to say Resident Evil 4 that's the game that inspired the third person over the shoulder camera that's, that's the game that Cliffy B said he looked at when he made Gears so mm. Resident Evil 4 very important game um Going to my 45. This would be Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, I never played the original on PS2. I played the remake for PS4, and it's one of the most like beautiful, somber experiences I've played in gaming. Because why? It's very simplistic, but all you're just you're one character, and you you have a horse, and you ride across vast lands looking for these giant beasts, and. What originally didn't sound interesting to me about Shadow of the Colossus is that the game, the game that's, when people pitch the game to me, they're like, oh, all you do is you just, you just run around and kill bosses. There is no enemies. And I'm like, really? Like, there's no like enemies to kill as you lead up to a boss? Like, no, it's just, it's just these giant beasts you fight. And I was like, okay, you know, but when I played it, I don't know, man, the music and the environment, the way you like, basically you, you ride on your horse through these giant open environments. And you hold your sword up in the sky, and the sword will direct you with a beam of light towards the beast. And you find the beast, and they're these huge, jaw-dropping beasts, even more so back in the PS2 era. These huge, jaw-dropping beasts. And the the beasts are, are violent, but it seems clear that they're not intending to be. Like, the beasts aren't... they're not bad, but they've been possessed, or they've been damaged in some way. And you basically go through this game hunting these beasts down... And you gotta climb on their backs, and they try to shake you off, and you gotta to try to climb to their weak point and kill them. And um, once you, and you're doing this because you're trying to save this girl's life. You need to kill these beasts to save her life. And uh, mm-hmm. the game ends with like most of the story and, and cutscene heavy stuff comes in at the very end of the game, and it just it I don't know it leaves you feeling like
1: beautifully melancholy. I don't know. It's Jeff's raved about that game for a while too, and he's tried to get me to play that in the past and uh i've seen i see it go on sale a lot of times in the playstation store for like 10 bucks so yeah just a it's, matter of time before i do it it's so good i think you can beat it in you know a day or two it's like yeah but i, I have heard really good so. things about it i mean it's definitely yeah. uh isn't it like a spiritual successor kind of to Ico. yeah yeah okay, it is. okay. Yeah. i have they played a demo the Ico they were yeah.
0: they were bundled together in the ps3 era oh okay Ico.
1: so okay
0: um Okay, moving on to my 44 and 43. I'll put them together. Nice. Uh, 44 is Doom Eternal. 43 okay. is Doom
1: 2016. Okay.
0: Uh, so I actually have Doom 2016 above Doom Eternal. Um, so basically, it was kind of a shock that Doom 2016 was so good because she so had Doom 3, which was much different we talked about. Mm-hmm. And then there was, I don't know if you've ever seen it, Josh, there was a Doom 4 that was announced with gameplay.
1: Yeah, I've seen and, that. Have, you, ever, have mm-hmm. you
0: seen the gameplay for it?
1: Mm-hmm. It looked like Call lo- of Duty. Oh yeah, I was gonna say I didn't think it looked bad, but at the same time, that was the last time I watched it was before I even played 2016 or Eternal. Yeah, any Doom period. So yeah. it was
0: basically coming out at the height of like the Modern Warfare stuff, and which it's funny I say the height of it because it's still freaking just as high now. It seems like, but like Modern Warfare two and stuff like that, and they showed it off, and it was like you were on Earth in a city. The graphics and the gameplay looked very call of duty but then there was like it, there was like demons you were fighting and stuff but it just looked like a call of duty with a doom skin which was not a good direction for doom people were not really a fan of it. So that got canned pretty shortly and then rage came out, which was the new IP from id and rage wasn't that good either. So then they announced they were putting out a Doom reboot of sorts, soft reboot, just called Doom. You know, people call it Doom 2016 because that's the year it came out. And uh, I did not have high hopes for this game because you know Doom Three to the the canceled Doom Four to Rage, uh, but then Doom 2016 came out and it it brought the series back to its roots. It yeah, was I'm really extremely... looking, or I'm looking again at the Doom Four footage and Doom Four. Oof. Yeah, it's crazy how much different it was um but yeah so June 2016 it brought it back i mean it was fast-paced gunplay with bazillion enemies on the screen at all times you had your chainsaw um your character didn't care about like it wasn't story heavy your character didn't care about exposition your character didn't talk it was just be a badass have metal music play and just slay demons the whole game It, it, it brought it back and it it made a huge splash like I remember playing Doom or um, Wolfenstein, the New Order, like the year prior, and thinking there's no way Doom is going to beat Wolfenstein. And it totally <laughs> did so much better. It was awesome. So that was the rebirth of Doom as a series, uh, Doom 2016. And then everyone was excited for the, the follow up, Doom Eternal, which got delayed. And ended up coming out right as COVID hit. This was a game Josh and I got at the same time. That was like
1: the first sort of pandemic game that people. Yeah, that were like, oh, to am home, So yeah, and then it was, yeah, it was Final was... Fantasy VII remake, I think. But yeah,
0: it was Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal the same day, and then like a couple weeks later, Final
1: Fantasy. VII. Oh, Animal Crossing.
0: That a- was that was a nostalgic time for me, Josh, because we just started Sacred Icon. We were both playing Doom Eternal. We were both playing Final Fantasy VII. We were there was the lockdown stuff with mm-hmm. COVID.
1: Yeah, we both got Doom um, Eternal. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah. Doom
0: Eternal, what's what's so interesting about Doom Eternal is, while it did exactly what a sequel should do, it it, it, it changed things up, it it improved things. Uh, it, it was a great sequel. I would say Doom Eternal is probably the one that's that's that more people like than 2016. But Doom Eternal. Oh really? Yeah, I would say so. But Doom Doom 2016 tried to rev- tried to uh, maintain some of that horror vibe, that darkness. Yeah. Doom Eternal kind of scraps that, kind of just goes more full in on the arcadey action. And Doom Eternal, they designed the whole entire gameplay different. Well, not gameplay. um, Like, the gameplay is the same, but in Doom 2016, you could pick your favorite weapon and just stick with it the whole game. Doom Eternal, they make it so that all your weapons run out of ammo consistently. Mm -hmm. So that you have to swap between every weapon throughout Eternal's playthrough. And then and then they made it so that the chainsaw is the only way to like properly regain ammo. So where in Doom twenty sixteen it's more traditional, pick your favorite weapon, kill enemies like crazy. Doom Eternal is it's more it's made more arcade like where it's like all right, you got to use this weapon till it's out of ammo. Then this enemy requires this weapon. Then this enemy requires that weapon plus this weapon afterwards. Oh, and if you run out of ammo, you have to chainsaw. Okay, go back to using this weapon. And you had to alternate all the weapons and you constantly were running out of ammo and switching weapons. And it made it much more skillful and much more like thought heavy, like you had to think more in Doom Eternal. Yeah. But it, it did kind of it kind of brought like Eternal is like bringing Doom to like modern day standards where Doom 2016 was like Hey, what would an old school Doom look like in modern day? You know, so they both went had gotcha. a different approach, but they both had a lot games. more verticality and like platforming than the 2016. platforming. Movie. Yeah, uh, the story's heavier in Doom Eternal than any mm-hmm. Doom. I'd say, I mean, Doom Three maybe has more story, but like Doom Eternal's pretty story heavy. They actually have a flashback cutscene where they like confirm in game that the Doom Marine and Doom Eternal is the same Doom guy from the original two D games, which was really neat. Uh, both phenomenal games, and, uh, it's made Doom a contemporary success. Like, kids today talk about Doom, and it's not because of the original Doom, it's because of these ones.
1: I didn't like Doom Eternal, like, I I don't even think I have a criticism to throw against it, I just didn't enjoy it as much as 2016, pretty much for the reasons you mentioned. I love the horror feel that 2016's had, and, uh, I didn't really, like, I feel like Eternals was its attempt to, like, tell more of a story, which I appreciated, but it just didn't do it for me like the context of what was there but uh i do yeah uh, i do see people love both of those but uh, i didn't know that people uh like eternal more but that's awesome uh i remember our buddy grunt was so hyped for that game that's one yeah, i remember weird. is like that guy was like the dude kind of almost like prom- self-promoting it but uh yeah the game wasn't was aaron it- our mod it wasn't he super obsessed with it too? i think I'm so I, thought, I was gonna say i thought we had somebody else in the community that was like really high on it or hyped for it too yeah but yeah uh Dude, good picks. I didn't I played the Wolfenstein the modern gen or last gen, whatever you want to call it, uh Wolfenstein games because of Brian and the Doom games because of Brian because there was like two or three different times I went over to Brian's and Brian's playing one of those games like 2016 or the Wolfenstein and I'd see a little bit of it and I'm like, "Uh, you know, when I'm when I'm talking to Brian and we're having a good conversation about whatever, and I'm just seeing this game in the background. Something about it just made it look all the more appealing to play. And then I'd eventually do it. I was actually in the middle of, of a Wolfenstein... No, I started playing the Wolfenstein games after Brian's wedding, I think. When I got back, mm-hmm. I started playing a...
0: Old- that makes sense because right after you got done, later that year, I start. Or I think it was... Right before COVID, so it would have been I don't know six months after my wedding or so, mm-hmm. I started replaying the Wolfenstein games, and you were like, "Oh, wait, till you get to New Colossus," and and then I
1: was not as big a fan on that one. You but, know, I gotta, dude, I have to tell you this before I forget. I've been meaning to tell you. is this, this quick side tangent, but I, but you'll love it. Uh, I, I, guys, when I was at the wedding for for yeah, and Brian's day and everything, he's super happy and everything. Everything's going great. The wedding's amazing, and uh, we go outside. And it's, it's like real hot that day. We're super sweaty. Yeah. And uh, there was like across the street was this parking lot that we were going to go take pictures at. And we eventually do. And the girls went over first. Uh, Erica and the bridesmaids and everything. They went over there to get their pictures taken first. And there's this part, Brian, where I remember I was trying to – I can't remember the context exactly. But I was trying to talk – I'm trying to talk to Brian about something, guys. And I look over at Brian to say something, and Brian's looking across the street over at his, you know, new wife, Erica, and he's mouthing, like, I love you. I love you. And at that point, I thought, this motherfucker's gone. <laughs> like, whatever I'm going to try to say to this guy. <laughs> I don't remember doing yeah, that. You were so – but you were just so happy in that moment because we, you were – they literally just got married, like, you know, finished getting married or whatever you want to call it, uh, like, five minutes prior. Like, the, we, we all went outside. But I just – Oh, man. I was just thinking about that because uh, I remember being in that hotel and everything. That was a blast, but didn't mean to get on that side tangent. Just had to tell you. It was super sweet, super wholesome, but I was like, this guy's gone. He's not thinking about well, Crash Team Racing since right you now. Said,
0: <laughs> 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 Which is funny because that's on my – on like, it's coming up here. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, Josh, you, you're good at pulling them games out before I get to them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Apparently, uh, No, but yeah. since you went on that side tangent, Josh, no, I want to say real quick because – I've heard this story. I'm sure Josh has heard it, too, in all the times he's been at work. People say, like, hug, don't get married. this a, uh, you know, what are you doing that for? Or like, oh, yeah, I used to. I, I was excited to get married, but now I can't stand the old hag or something. Like, people say stuff like that at work. And I can tell you guys right now, I uh, am more high on my wife and love her more now after almost four years than, than the, that day that I was mouthing I love you <laughs> at the wedding. I it's the best decision I ever made, and I am crazy about her. Yeah, so Erica's awesome, nothing, man.
1: Yeah, nothing's awesome. changed
0: there. Um, so, Josh, it sounds like we're gonna get we're gonna do ten an episode because I got two more left, and then we nice. can go into our business. Sure. and work out nice. I mean sounds five great. Five episodes to cover uh, my top fifty. Um, so top the next 50. one uh, at coming at forty two is the original Jack and Daxter. It's called Jack mm. and Daxter: The Precursor Legacy. Um, so. I grew up on Crash Bandicoot and loved Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot was basically just a fun little platformer uh, where you you know you collected apples and spun around at enemies. And Jack and Daxter basically was Naughty Dog taking what they learned in the PS1 and starting a new IP on the PS2 called Jack and Daxter, which very heavily borrowed from the roots of Crash Bandicoot. Um, you have Jack, who doesn't talk in this game, like Crash. But then Daxter, his little friend that rides around on his shoulder, he does talk a lot. So you have that way of like having your character talk in a sense. And Jack still uses a spin attack like Crash Bandicoot does. The whole world has the same kind of aesthetic and like green and plants and stuff that Crash Bandicoot has. But now there's voice acting, there's characters, there's a story, and it's more open world. Like, it's funny how the word, the term open world, has changed over the years because. Jack and Daxter coming off of Crash Bandicoot, you would have said it was an open world game. Is it more like a zone? It's more like, um, yeah, it's like a, a big zone. I mean, something more like a Super Mario 64, you know, instead of a proper, like, Witcher or something like that. Uh, but so basically, you just kind of got Crash Bandicoot, because you'll notice Crash I don't Band-a-poop. actually have... What's that? Crash Bandicoot? I thought you said that. It sounds, that sounds kind of funny. I should incorporate that more. Erica would really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, so Jack and Daxter, you, you'll, you'll notice I don't have any other than Crash Team Racing. I don't have any Crash Bandicoot games on this list, even though I love them. Because Jack and Daxter, to me, just took everything Crash Bandicoot 1, 2, and 3 did. Okay. And it made it better. It was, you know, better characters, better story, better, better pizza, play, Papa John's. Better pizza, Papa John's, man. Now you got to be craving that. Um, but yeah, so Jack and Daxter, it's a really simplistic game. It's still a -a collect-a-thon, but it's not like, it's not a -a collect-a-thon like those
1: rare ones, the rare gear, rare gear, (laughs) rare, (laughs) rare wear games. I thought you were announcing a new Care Bear, the rare bear. The rare bear. Um,
0: you know, like the rare games, sometimes like the collect, there's so much to collect, it was just daunting. That's not how, that's not how Jack and Daxter was. But, uh, the thing that's funny about the one that makes, the thing that makes this game so special is it was really... This was like Naughty Dog testing out the new hardware and like doing more of the same because it's kind of like Crash Bandicoot. But then you get to Jack Two and Three, which don't make this list. Jack Two immediately, it plays like GTA. You can steal, you can steal cars. You have guns. Your character talks and he cusses. It's crazy how they just. It is whiplash going to Jack Two. It's oh, insane.
1: Yeah, dude, I've never played it. Uh, that feels like a. I feel like I'd enjoy that series these days, but I didn't buy into the PlayStation exclusive economy as much back then. Hmm. Uh, By unintention, you know, but I just, Crash Bandicoot never really uh, excited me when I was younger and Jack and stuff like that, so I was, you
0: you know, you're always a little older than me at those times, mm -hmm. so it makes sense, you know, like.
1: Well, I remember Justin, Justin was up on Crash Bandicoot, I remember seeing him play that and stuff like that, but yeah.
0: And and Jack and Axter kind of got overshadowed by Ratchet and Clank, it was more popular.
1: Ah, yeah, to see that too, though, yeah, I haven't played that.
0: But it's funny because those those two, you know, Naughty Dog and Insomniac were so closely knit. You know, Spiral and Crash, Jack and Dexter, Ratchet and Clank, and then they went into PS3 with Resistance, Fall of Man, and Uncharted. Yeah, exactly. obviously Uncharted. Oh, great with Uncharted took off. Yeah. But yeah, Resistance not so much. Love Naughty Dog. Um, but yeah, okay. So my final of of my going from forty one to fifty, my my bottom ten of my top fifty. Forty one is Crash Team Racing. Oh, wow, so I was real close on that. You were real close. You were one off from, from getting ahead of me there. Wow! Um, Crash Team Racing is a game that I love so much, and Josh knows and friends know. And, and to be fair, I want to say this, because I, and I know Creighton listens to all of our episodes. Creighton, my little brother, he is the bigger Crash Team Racing fan. I actually, one year for Christmas, uh, I didn't get him anything he asked for for Christmas. I, I had an idea of what I wanted to get Creighton for Christmas, and I hoped he'd like it. I bought him an original black label sealed in the package original crash team racing ps1 release that did not copy miss. of the game and i bought one of those acrylic full case covers the ones where they like grade it you know yeah. i didn't get it graded but we i bought to open acrylic. this yeah i got the acrylic case so like you know if it ever gets dropped or it ever gets keep hit it secret it, keep it safe exactly it would be pristine I get, I, it was like $160 or something for the copy of Crash Team Racing. Because at that time, I was buying a 20-year-old... Well, not maybe not 20, but like an 18, 19-year-old copy of the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, Creighton still has it. Uh, I've, I've told him before, because I always wish people would tell me this when they buy me something nice. I told Creighton, I'm like, if you ever want to sell it for money to help out with your your, your future, your marriage, your baby, please do. Like Because he could sell it now for probably, I would think, upwards of 300 maybe even more because it's, it's only went up in, in value, um, but right. uh, he still has it as far as I know, uh, it's just an awesome thing to have on your shelf, like this pristine Crash Team Racing copy, Creighton is the bigger fan, that's that's the point I was trying to make, but it was very important to me and Creighton growing up, we play it with our other brother Noah, we play it with my dad, um, and then, you know, because the thing about Crash Team Racing is it's basically Mario Kart, but with Crash characters, and a much, much deeper gameplay system. It's not based around fun as much as Mario Kart. It's more based around skill, like a Dark Souls or something like that. Um, but it's just a great game. And then it was such an important like game to our childhood. And then what was so cool is they announced that they were going to do a remake called Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. And when they announced the release date, it was the day before I get married, which was cool, which at first I thought was cool and sucked. And then eventually just ended up being cool. Only because uh it was cool because you know wow we're getting this you know right before i get married uh but then it's also like well i'm not gonna be able to play it because i want to be a little more busy than being able to play crash team racing well what happened was is we got the game the day before we got married we did the wedding rehearsal and everything down here in west virginia josh was here my brothers were here my other friends were here and we did the rehearsal we got fat patties we ate fat patties it's a great time and then uh and then it was like, okay, time for me and Erica to go our separate ways. We're not going to see each other again until she comes out in her dress and we get married. Mm-hmm. So I have everybody over to our house, our house that we're renting, and uh, so and we play Crash Team Racing as like a pseudo mini bachelorette or not? Wow, well, I said bachelorette.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm Brian, guys. Hello. <laughs>
0: uh, it's like a mini bachelor party. Um, before the next day of the wedding and it's like Josh and Kyle and his wife, Wendy and Creighton and Noah and, um, Jordan and, um, I'm trying to think, I don't want to leave anybody out. I'm trying to think if that's everybody. I think that's everybody.
1: Yeah. A lot of people though Um, and they were all cool and it was a really good time. I mean,
0: uh, Austin. Oh yeah. friend Austin was there and we're all playing crash team racing, the remaster, uh, remake, uh, before I get married. And it's this excitement in the room is it's like, I'm, I'm excited to get married, but I'm also like playing this old school game we love with, with my friends and then what tops it all off is the next day we get married, have a great wedding, go home. You know, then it's the next day we're about to take off for Florida for honeymoon. And we in the morning before we leave, we're like, let's do let's do another couple rounds of Crash Team Racing. Because Erica loved Crash Team Racing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we're doing a round or two before we leave for Florida. And Erica goes, can we just bring the PlayStation 4 with us on the honeymoon? And I turn around and my eyes get big. I'm like, are, are you? Are you serious? Are you? Because I don't want to. Because I don't want to jump and say yeah. Because you know, usually it's pretty cringe if you're going to try to bring your game system on your honeymoon with your newlywed wife. So I was mm. like, Are you serious? She's like, She's like, Yeah. I don't see why not. We hook it up in the in the place we're staying, and we can just play it whenever we we feel like it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I married you. I cannot believe this. <laughs> yeah. The let's first bring affirmation. <laughs> the, like, let's bring the PlayStation 4 on our honeymoon. Hell yeah! So we packed it with the PS4. And dude, it was, no joke, we, 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 we probably spent over 20 hours playing Crash Team Racing on our honeymoon. We, we played the hell out of that game. Uh, we played it so much that I, I think we thought we were going to be playing it all the time. Now, we, we mostly haven't played it much in the years following. We play it every now and then. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Crash Team Racing, just so many good memories uh, from literally being a little kid all the way till now. It's my favorite racing game of all time. Uh, Creighton is a boss at it. I'm pretty good. I can beat most people. But if anybody's trained up on it, they can probably beat me. Crayton, I remember Crayton's playing
1: amazing. it there for a little bit and I wasn't super good at it. But the last time I played it was like on a PS1 demo. or um, Yeah, yeah, the original was a PS1 yeah. demo disc, I think. And matter of fact, I feel bad when I think about it because I had Justin's older brother, Steven, over, like the only sleepover he had at the house that I was staying at at the time. And I think we just played that all night. And, uh, you know, I never even thought to ask. Like, hey man, are you bored? I had friends. I remember I was like that. I had like one time I had this other friend come over and we just played Madden all night. And then that was like one of the nights I pissed him off because I used a Madden card and he fumbled. But uh, and it was a close game. But <laughs> but uh, I I gotta say real quick before we go into business and stuff and wrap this up that um it was a cool day because outside of just the wedding and how cool that was, like prior to that, you guys like I was I was in a hotel room. First time I'd ever you know, like driven that like far away it was like Brian's nine hours away from me So it was a nine-hour trip and I pretty much drove straight there I stopped for gas like once and anyway I'm staying in the hotel in between the rehearsal wedding and all that stuff and e- It's like e3 season. So I'm I'm trying to watch stuff on their YouTube using their internet that I can and uh, I was also watching uh, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. I wish I could shout him out but it was a uh, these this halo retrospective series so it's just funny to think about, you know, a couple months later, we would end up starting a Halo yeah. podcast, but, uh, I went over, we, we did the rehearsal stuff and then yeah, I go over to their place and everyone's over there and crash team racing is like the game on the TV and everything. And we're playing it and it was cool uh, to actually get to see, like, to get to talk more with Erica, get to talk. Cause so much of that stuff is like business and, and stuff. So it was really cool to get to talk to her. And then see all kind of her friends her circle and then you got Kyle and Wendy there It was cool to talk to them and everyone was having a really good time And I remember afterwards guys. This is how cool Brian is is I remember afterward I'm getting ready to leave and it's really late like not super late, but it's dark out and I parked like across the street at this behind this old like building. I can't remember but um But anyway, Brian walks over there with me and he's on one side of my car and I'm on the other side it's, it's getting so dark we can barely see each other's face, but we just talked for I think like 20, 30 minutes. At least that's what my memory says. But we talked for almost a half hour out there just about video games and shit. And, you know, it was really cool because looking back on it, that's technically the last conversation we had one on one before we got married and pretty much since, you know, doing the podcast. Well, we had- and I, I see him every day now, but in that moment, it was just really cool because it was like I got in the car and I'm driving and I'm thinking, like, this is happening. Like, it's cool. Yeah. And We
0: haven't seen each other face-to-face since the wedding, which is yeah. crazy, but I'm actually going to be seeing Josh in person in June here, so I'll make
1: sure we get some photos or whatnot. Can you guys yeah. believe it? Like, that's going to finally happen. That's amazing. Four years. Yeah. Four
0: years later in person. Like, I said, we see each other, we see each other right also. now. We see each other all the time, face to face, but not, dude, it's over a screen I
1: meant to tell you, I've been watch, re-watching the Shrek movies, and I, I'm oh, like, yeah. in the middle of the, of the third one. I'd never seen it before. I finally yeah. got to the part where he does the, duh, duh. I was dying, dude. When <laughs> Hilarious. He has, when he has that dream, I thought it was going to happen right away, and there's like, a hundred babies spill in the window or whatever yeah. but it's donkey like raising his head up and it's a baby's head oh my god is that was that was hilarious yeah. I forgot how funny those movies are too like not I the, love the first not two not the drop buttons I was have you
0: finished them. Shrek 3?
1: no no I'm like okay. probably 30 minutes there's this one part that
0: um, that I always reference to Erica that's so uh, it's so cringe because it's at the very end I'm not really spoiling anything it's at the very end Prince Charming um, is like threatening Shrek but he's like singing while he's threatening Shrek and he's like, he points his sword at Shrek and he's like you will witness a pain in which you are not familiar <laughs> he does that and everyone's like and then Shrek's like, the only pain I'm hearing is your voice and everyone in the audience laughs it's, it's so stupid but, there was uh, a part
1: where they're all singing at the end of the second one and it flashes back to the giant uh, gingerbread man that's like floating in the water and he's singing, and I was like, <laughs> you know, it was like, I found it so funny. Those movies are funny. But, uh, yeah, Brian talked to me for like a half guys, hour outside know, in the pitch black dark right before he was getting married. It was awesome. Yeah, you guys have no idea how big
0: of a deal it is that Josh drove nine hours out to my wedding. Like, that's not something Josh does much in general. And not something he's gonna do unless you're a really special friend to him. So I really, really appreciate that. It's it's a it's a
1: big well, deal you. for Josh. Like I tried to and get. I don't think, out I hope I didn't then. complain about it. At least I don't. I don't think I did. No, you I didn't. I didn't. You didn't. Oh, maybe, a little, oh, you just did maybe a little bit. Maybe okay. a little bit. You just did it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was, was a really
0: big worth deal it. for Josh. So I appreciate that, man. Uh, but guys, yeah, that's oh, uh, that's it, my man. bottom. That's my bottom ten of my top fifty. It goes from fifty up. to Doom three, Resident Evil four, Diablo. Batman: Arkham Knight, Batman: Arkham Origins, Shadow of the Colossus, Doom Eternal, Doom 2016, Jack and Daxter, Crash Team Racing. A lot of dooms in my bottom ten there, uh, my top 50. But
2: guys, a lot of doom be, in um, the bottom.
1: That's the a uh, lot of doom in the, the bottom. Somebody had
2: taco bell. A lot bit. Of doom in the bottom spells IBS, <laughs> ECT. <laughs> Find out what it means to me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um josh you had that diablo sauce that's why there's doom in the bottom you know what i oh man you know, what you know
1: it? it
0: got that 12
1: um, What is guys it, 12 two- pack of soft shell tacos and i was they're like oh, you you get the party I pack. don't know you what you the heck friends and i'm and like no this is all for me baby. oh man yeah
0: <laughs> josh there's another update to our recording software it's been stupid all day uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but guys, yeah, we're, we're going to do uh, four more of these to get the whole uh, top 50 done in time. I'm not saying we'll do them all in a row. We might end up doing other episodes between. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, my bottom 10 of top 50. Uh, let's go over to business real quick. Uh, guys, if you want to uh, give or support us monetarily on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash sacredicon. Have your name called out for as low as a dollar a month. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to follow Josh on Twitter, he is at Jedi Knight Joshy. Uh, if you want to follow Sacred Icon, we are at Sacred Icon Pod on Twitter. Um, guys, if you want to leave an email, go to Sacred Icon Podcast at gmail.com. You can leave an email, leave a voice clip. We would love to read that off on the show. Um, come join our Discord. That's that's like our Sacred Icon family there. That's where we all like interact on a day-to-day basis. Everyone's welcome oh, there. Come place. join. We love it. All right, let me get into the uh, – I'm going to go through the patron
1: shout-outs, and uh, here we go. Let's see. Hey, guys. I have not heard – A Apple, I have not seen an Apple review since December. Where are they at? Give us another Apple Pie. Yeah, what is happening? Ryan is illuminated and white again. It cannot be. I'm so confused.
0: Uh, I'm just going to say this because I'm confused. So, Rodan, our boy Rodan, he is one of our longest supporters. He is a sacred staple. He is the sacred staple. Uh, Love that dude. Heck yeah, man. Um, Last week, he said that I called out his. his name instead of his username, but it looks like even in the active patrons, it looks like he's listed here twice as a patron for us twice, uh, paying twice, once with Rodan and once with his real name. So I'm just going to skip the one and just call him Rodan. Well, you get thank you for it.
1: double dipping, buddy. But yeah, well, we'll have to, <laughs> I don't we'll have know to figure out what's, what's that, going on. Yeah
0: have to figure out what's going on there but dude I, we death? appreciate you so much so yeah, thank you buddy um here we go we got death ghost aka ken i'm picturing that you're ken from the barbie movie that's gonna be cool. dude i'm so hyped i'm so hyped for that baby. i'll i'll watch that for sure um we got chris Denton, boba's feet diente hombre jesse insanity wesley eaton who's a mod i need to say that because i always leave him out <laughs> <laughs> um Sparkies. Who's going to be on the podcast sometime soon too? Can't wait to talk to you again, yeah, I look man. Forward to that. Uh, Hocus Locus, Dark Chaos, Five Eighty, Blind Valkyrie, William Green, Simon Eddie, Albino, I Irvine TV. I'm like a bird and I'm true. Jason Bird, thank you so much. We got AJ's Dank. It's what it smells like inside of Boba's feet. Uh, we have Ian Ruck. Josh likes to call him the fuck. There it is. We got he's a rebel. He's a saint. It's Shin, Shin Rebel. Rebbe. We have ascending from the ashes, born anew, Irish Phoenix. Still makes them. Never get tired of saying that. Yep. Uh, we got not the not doing the dab, but the dab. We have Jared Hartley, our mod, small print TV, Aaron, and Priyanshu. We got Colton Pittman. We got our sacred staple, Rodan. Thank you so much, Rodan. We have Butter My Waffles, our buddy, Nerva, ACDC Outlaw. Can you give us a little of that back in black?
2: Back in black. But I got to go see Suzanne too the theaters but on digital I don't need to uh, yeah, it was
0: like, man Shazam 2 I've never seen a, a, a movie fall that quickly
1: dude Incredible. I did catch it in theaters but and I liked it but man I felt
0: bad for that movie when you say caught it in theaters that's literally like if you didn't raise your hand at the right moment you wouldn't have saw it in theaters
1: well we literally saw it. I saw it with Irwin in theaters uh, Wednesday night yeah. and now it's it literally just today came out on digital. Did you like it? It was about? only in theaters for three weeks, dude.
0: Oh yeah, insane. No, I liked okay. it. It was fun. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's yeah. good. Uh, next we have a uh, descending from his butthole web. It is our hey boy guys. Caleb Webster. He is the one who does all the dope ass music for Sacred Icon. Thank you so much. <laughs> next we have Chris Greco. My Greco. Have you seen my Greco? It's Chris Greco. Do you want me to do it again, Josh? Yes, please. All right, I'll do. I would like that very much. Next we have Chris Greco. My Greco. Have you seen my Greco? It's Chris Greco. Thank you so much, Chris Greco. We love saying your name. Never stop supporting us just for that reason. <laughs> next, we have Tony. Our boy Tony. Love Tony. We got the Mustard Chief. Not the Ketchup Chief. Not the Honey Mustard Chief. Not the Dijon. Just a regular Mustard <laughs> Chief. Uh, next, we got not the Queen Grunt, but the King Grunt. Uh, Josh, you know, this screen is so bright, I could really use some shade from Aries 0430's there mustache. There it is. To keep it out of my eyes. Next, we have the Montana Menace. Thank you, bro. We got Green Plumber, who just saw the Mario movie. We're gonna have him on. I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna have him on a week from today to talk about the Mario movie. I haven't seen it yet. Josh has mm-hmm. uh, Green Plumber seen it like fourteen
1: times. He's the OG biggest fan of all time. <laughs> I'm happy for him, dude. It's, um, it's Mario I can't Brothers. Wait to see uh, like mania right now. Like this is this is his dream come true. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. That's gonna be an awesome episode. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. That's gonna be a really yeah, look awesome forward episode. to that. Guys. Yeah, I cannot wait so next,
0: tune in next week guys unless something crazy goes down and I can't see the movie I'm going to try hard it's only an hour and a half long we're going to have uh, Green Plumber on next weekend and uh, we're going to talk about that that Super Mario Bros. movie Joshy uh, gosh, Big Boy who makes Josh look like a tiny little bitch you know what I'm saying
1: until I get my 12 count uh, you know party pack from Taco Bell with my Diablo mm-hmm. talked. oh you know, very it's nice very good and then you get that man. doom in the bottom yep <laughs> Doom in the bottom.
0: Uh, next we got the largest NASCAR Thunder 2003 fan is Ryan Barker. Thank you so much, Ryan Barker. Never anticipated that we would run that joke this long. <laughs> uh, next we got Dustin Mandre. Thank you so much, Dustin. Appreciate you, Dustin. He saw me asking in the Discord something crazy like, you know, would you rather have uh, your foot get caught in your ass or uh, 12 eyebrows? And he's like, dude, where do you come up with the shit? I don't understand.
1: Oh like, That's man, it's just me, dude. That's Brian's What's DNA. That's big. But actually,
0: if you can remember it. You should answer in the Discord or email or whatever Twitter, and, and which would you rather have your ass, <laughs> your your foot, your foot caught
1: in your ass, or like twelve eyebrows? On okay, your okay. T- <laughs> I've been running the Sacred Icon account. I, I just get some random tweet that's like foot in the ass, foot in the. ass! My like, bro, give me give a little context at least. Or somebody would be like, um, um, could I have the twelve eyebrows? But could you just what? make sure none of them or are unibrows? <laughs> someone's just like foot in the ass, and I retweet that, and someone's like context, and I'm like, no, no. Listen to the podcast, you weeb. Yeah. Um,
0: Next, we got our boy, Corey Hanks. Thank you so much for your continued support. We got Anthony Nicolosi, Ian Big Dog Mills, Photon, the spiciest of all meme lords. We have KN Nick, who says, Uh, This podcast is quality. Keep it going. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. (laughs) Uh, We have Trevor Polkey, who is just a ladies' man. We all know that by now. What more is there to say? We have the Shipleys, who are the OG WandaVision, much more enjoyable. I'd rather watch the reruns of the Shipleys. Thank you so much. We have the OG Halo podcaster, Dust Storm. And finally, with the longest-running patron of all time, who started less than a month after we started, he will be going on four years straight of patron support. Wow. November
1: November this year. Wow. Who is it, Josh? Oh, it's the man who saw Justice League, knew and needed more, but said, you know what? Fuck you, DC. Fuck you, James Gunn. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he's actually said about that stuff. It is Matthew Salvatore. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, what if I, what if I told you? No, Josh. Actually, no. It's actually our our, our boy uh, uh, Clark Marigold. And
0: you are like, who the who the fuck is that?
1: I don't know, but that sounds like an uh, like a a name that an actor is using, but he's not using his real name. You know, uh, like you call Clark Mar- Marigold. That sounds way Clark better. Marigold. That's hard to say. Clark Marigold. That sounds like a. That's a hotel, isn't it? The Marigold.
0: I was thinking like a flower. Oh, yeah. You know?
1: I don't know. Thinking like that's Clark a, Kent. Marigold, you know, alternate Clark dimension. Variety. Marvel's like, oh, we want Superman. They're like, you can't have him. It's like, you can't you can have, have Clark Kent. Marigold. You can have Clark Marigold, you know? <laughs> Clark Miracle. He can't fly, but he can shoot lasers. like a misprint one of, of a, a baseball yeah. card. Misprint. You know, <laughs> you know but uh, hey, thank you so much to our patrons, guys. I, I wanted to let Brian run through that, but um, thank you so much. It means so much having you guys support us still to this day. To this day! It means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh beat.
0: Josh, I want to work this one in. I, I I thought about calling the episode this, but I'm not gonna do it. Okay. But I'm just gonna say this because I thought it was funny. And it's it's really sad. It's one of those times where I say something. It's really funny. It's and I, really sad. It's really sad that I say it and I think it's so funny that I want to laugh at my own joke, but I'm gonna say it anyways. Like, Josh, what what do you think what do you think Roland says when he finds out that Halo 5 Guardians is not on my top fifty?
1: I don't know what what does he say? Yeah, Lil Roro angry.
0: <laughs> little
1: Ro Ro Angie, little Ro Angie. I, I, I did legitimately take a second to think about what he might say, and then I thought he has no memorable dialogue, so I can't even try to impersonate what he sounds.
0: No, he wouldn't day. say anything. He'd just
1: go, oh, oh,
2: oh, <laughs> "Hey, <laughs> hey, little Ro Ro Angie." Oh.
1: <laughs> Man, dude, I loved. But, I was catching up on the Discord, and I saw that you put that song in there again. Uh man, oh, yeah. I love you for that. Hey, Lil'
2: Rollin',
0: hey, Lil' Rollin', I don't like you. I did two I diss tracks
1: on Roland guys, if you haven't ever heard those. We need to replay them again sometime, but that, that was fun. I remember Justin laughing hysterically
0: when he first heard your song, and I remember him laughing specifically sp- specifically at that part where he's like, <laughs>
2: Look at you trying to talk now. <laughs> Why you got those
0: goggles right above your eyes. You're it. Man, dude, that's a classic, dude. Man. That's a classic. You
1: just flattered me up over I, here.
0: Man, can I just play that at the end of this episode? Oh, again? do it, just please. It okay, I'll just <laughs> yes, all right. to me. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna say keep it sacred, and then I'm gonna go roll it, and it'll be oh, Roland. It. There you go. <laughs> but uh, that's good. I like that. That's very good. Much. I feel but very guys, thank you so right now, much for listening. Love you guys. to another episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast. We love you, and as always, keep it sacred. Roll it, Roland.
2: Hey little rollin', hey little rollin', hey little rollin', I don't like you. Hey little dude, look at you tryna talk now. Why you got them goggles right above your eyes? You're red AI, you can't do nothing with those. You look like you just came out of crimson skies. I said you look like you are straight out of crimson skies. Nobody wants to listen, little man. When they speak you're a five, they're a ten, rollin'! gonna give you the time of day is that why you got off a sea and had to shout hey oh the little yellow man came in his way little sad yellow man rolling you are such a pain please don't be in the next game don't be in there not anywhere near there please just go elsewhere and you do you there may be a time stars align oh how damn fine but from no oh, tan I will say when I'm sorry for gon poo-poo, On your opinion you're so yellow dude Oh look now little mango kicking in a screaming Little man you're mad You're a UNSC bad I wanna songs done So suck
0: it